Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 57th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I am your host, Katie M. Kane. Our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you might know him as TJ Regalado, a.k.a. Han Cholo, a.k.a. George Lopez, but better known as True Justice in the building tonight for Concerned Dabs Podcast. Are you with us, True Justice? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Glad to be here, man. No doubt, man. No doubt. We're we're happy to have you. Uh, I've been jamming the album for the past week or two in the car. Uh, I got both discs and the changer. Oh yeah. Very very impressed. I, I I talked to you on I think Wednesday. We did a practice call before you went to work, and uh, I don't want to repeat too much of that. But dude, I I just got to tell you once we're on the air also that uh, I'm impressed, dude. I appreciate. I, you know, I'm an artist myself and I'm I'm kind of a tough critic, you know, I'm a, I'm a songwriter and it's like bars are one thing, but can you make a whole song and then can you make a whole album and you can do both very well. And I was really expecting some hardcore gangster shit, you know, and, and it uh, it's, it's hard, but it's it's real life, dude. Like there's uh, so much emotion and, and range and, and spectrum on life in general. So um I got to give you props on that before we we get too deep into this, man. I'm you got a fan, TJ, so rock on, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, I guess my first question, um, we 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 can, you know, do 10:15 to pump up the album too, but I I just kind of it's my first time really sitting down and talking to you and meeting you, man. And and from a fan point of view, I, I would just like to start from the beginning. If these questions sound rhetorical and they asked you on other podcasts, then I'm sorry for not having more original, you know, but I want to know too. And I would like to share with my listeners. Yes. So, uh, like how, how did you get started into, uh, making music? Like, were you originally have ambitions of rapping like what what what's the scenario how young were you and you know who who there's all different kinds of people who introduce you and so you know it's like can you tell a little bit of an origin story for us please yeah absolutely man um i actually was not planning to be a rapper i started uh writing when i was 11 i was actually starting to write poetry because i was a little sap in love with a girl <laughs> And, Dude, same bro same. <laughs> that's how i started i was trying to write a rap to a girl bro same and uh you know it just kind of took off from there you know i couldn't sing so i started rapping and just uh by 14 i think i recorded my first song and uh by 17 i was working with a little independent label um traveling a little bit and then uh 19 i was back in spokane um Kind of took a little time off and got back into it. Just kind of took off from there. Dropped about 12 mixtapes. And then Ambivalence, here's my second official album. No doubt. So, like, what was the uh, independent label you were working with back then? Uh, they were called uh, Diverse Records. It was out in Wisconsin. Yeah, it was... Okay. Uh, I met this producer. Dude, yeah, dude, can you talk about that in as much detail as you can? Like, they gave you a budget and shit, too. Like, man, like, talk talk about that, bro. Yeah, so uh, I went out to Wisconsin and uh, met this guy at a wedding. Um, my uh, sister-in-law um, had uh, known a producer, so she wanted us to link up. So I met him. He uh, invited me out for a smoke by his car, and then he asked me to spit for him. So I uh, I just dropped a little rap, and he, he was impressed. So he's like, all right, we got to get you in the studio. And, you know, before I knew it, I was living with the guy. And uh, Hell yeah, man. So um, it was a... Uh, 
it was nice. We were doing a lot of uh, a lot of shows. His uh, his mom was basically funding the whole um, the whole uh, record label. So she was uh, had connections. She ran a limo company, so we had that uh, that nice little perk of being able to show up to shows and like hell yeah pulling up fresh man yeah got us on some good shows you know we got to open for like ti and um lil wayne and uh tech nine out in milwaukee things like that and um fuck yeah dude and uh yeah just kind of all went to shit he um he got a little too uh too greedy he hit me with a contract and um Uh he wanted 95% 95% of all my creative work and um, just everything. And I was like, I'm not no. signing. So uh, he was like, okay, well, where are you going to live then? And I was like, oh, it's like that? Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. good luck without me. And uh, I uh, went and stayed in uh, one of my homegirls out there, had a, a camper by her house um, at her parents' house. And they let me crash in it until I was able to get back home. So damn yeah fuck that sucks too man to be so far from home and get kind of stuck in a situation like that too it's like because like man no matter what if if we're friends we're friends it's like okay you don't want to do this deal then that's cool like yeah chill out to 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 you can make it back man like definitely not gonna work together yeah that sucks man but it was Um, oh i needed that that real real life uh, look into what the music game was really like, and that's what it is—full of a bunch of snakes and manipulators, and yeah. people trying to use you. Yes, and and people that think there's like a lot more money in the content than there actually is. You know what I mean? I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, if you don't enjoy doing it, then fuck, you're not gonna make a million dollars off me. Like, yeah. Like I wish, you know, <laughs> like shit. I wish signing to you would get me to that goal, but it's not, dude. Like you're just asking. It's like fuck. Yeah, yeah. It was it was ridiculous, and we had a good amount of people on the on the label, and they all signed, but I haven't heard of or from any of them since. So I guess I made the right choice. No doubt, dude. Like uh, Tyrant, uh, he, like I get a lot of my music industry stuff from him, and I I remember these artists he was working with called Moonshine Bandits were trying to a label a label was trying to sign them and they had stipulations that and it just stalled you know what i mean like they went back and forth two or three times and then yeah. their attorney was just like uh they're not gonna give you what you want and we're not gonna give them what they want so we might as well just leave it alone and quit going back and forth so they did but i guess like nine months later they got what they want what they wanted they called them back like nine months later and gave them like a two album deal but that's and anybody like who's an independent artist, that's the only thing I could tell them is like, dude, if you're down to do that, don't only do it for an album or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make sure the terms are specific and you understand that you're going to take a hit on ownership and and sales in order to get pushed and, and a little bit of, you know, more plugs, yeah. you know, through this avenue. And and a lot of times it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Most times I'll tell kids like, fuck, just do it yourself, dude. You got however many followers online. Like, yeah, they're not, they're not going to holler at you until you're making money anyway. So why would you want to give half to, you know, somebody who's not going to make that, that pie bigger, you know? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a rough, we got to, the youngsters these days have it way different than we did. That's for sure. But uh, I wish way, man. Now, how difficult it really is it's not just about blowing up on a youtube video or a tiktok thing these days it's, it's a lot of hard work yeah it is dude i uh 
I see you post about that sometimes online too, about how it was a lot more like I wouldn't like 10 years ago, I wouldn't do a feature for anybody unless I knew they were going to print up a thousand CDs. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and, and if I knew they weren't, then it was like, I wanted to charge them 200 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Otherwise it's like, nah, bro, you're going to put it out. Like, fuck, I'll, I'll jump on that shit. You yeah. Know? It was, you know, you have your little interview questions, you know, to ask people, but it just, I, I wanted people who were serious. And nowadays it's like, you don't have to be too serious about it at all. Just throw something out there and it can generate a shit ton of views. <laughs> yeah. No, it's was, easy. Yeah. Well, it's easy. I was, to- uh, it's, it's easy to, yeah. Well, I was hanging out with my cousin Rolo yesterday and he's maybe not 10 years younger than me, maybe six or seven. And I was telling I was telling him about that interview with J. Cole and Lil Pump. Mm-hmm. And it's dude, it's so good. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like J. Cole like just asked him, he's like, So how did you blow up? You know, and he's like, I did a YouTube video of a freestyle and yeah. bam. Oof. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and you know what I mean? And J. Cole's like, dude, like I went to college in New York. Like I, I got a scholarship and went to school there on purpose because I knew I was gonna be around industry people and I wrote and I recorded and I worked so hard and I finally met people and I, you know, and meets Jay-Z, signs to rock. And it's just like, that story is so much more fucking interesting and entertaining to me, dude, you know, than, and I, I, I don't know, dude, I try not to be a hater, you know, but it's, I I don't dig Lil Pump's music and I, uh, it is, it's like, I've heard of him before. It's the uh, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Okay. It was, it, it was on the radio in portland dude right before i moved to phoenix and i kept like sitting there waiting for a verse bro yeah and there's not that's the that's the whole song dude for like two minutes you know what i mean and i'm like what yeah what it was weird man like and so i don't know dude like it, it's uh it's a breath of fresh air to, to have a, a new cd in my hand that dropped this month that that's good that i want to listen to that there's actual songs and you know what i mean so it, it uh there's still people making good shit tj you just gotta find it and promote it you know yeah that's why I, I always hate hearing people say uh hip-hop's dead and it's like it's not it's not dead it's just uh harder to find <laughs> yeah and and i feel like a lot of uh people kind of get discouraged too with the monetary uh return yeah. you know like they feel like it should pay out when it's like, I I feel the same way, but fuck, keep doing it, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you got to. And it's, you know, you got to be doing it for the right reason. If you're looking for it for the quick payout, like you said, it's it's probably not for you. I agree, man. I agree. So uh, what what how, how does this story continue after, after you left Wisconsin, man? Like wh- wh- when you came back to Spokane, like how old were you, were you and and how did you regroup, man? Like. Uh, so, Cause I, I yeah. there's periods in life too where you can't touch music. Either you didn't have the money or the resources. You know what I mean? So yeah. And so when I got back, I uh, I was pretty discouraged and uh, just kind of done with the game and trying to figure some things out. So I, I was with my grandparents out in the trailer and uh, um, I I don't even remember if I was at a show or uh, or what, but I ended up meeting a couple guys and they connected me with. Um, this uh young producer who was going to school out here in spokane um who uh had a studio in his apartment down in brown's brown's edition and okay west side west side so i started uh 
I was, I was hoofing it all over town at the time. I didn't have a car. So I was walking from, you know, across the bridge all the way to Brown's edition where I'd get dropped off. And then I'd walk back across the bridge. I would record for like eight hours at a spot and walk back across the bridge to go crash in my homie's house on his couch or something. And then I was putting out, I don't know, probably six or seven songs a night for a while. So then I put together a mixtape and got it released and printed up and uh, kind of started making more connections that way. Ended up uh, connecting with On One, which was a big game changer for me. Yeah, that guy, uh, he's really my friend and he's really a good writer. And um, yeah, dude, like he did. Like I wouldn't have met you or connected with you without that guy either. So yeah, I definitely owe him a lot. Sure. Yeah. So what happened after that, man? You guys started working on stuff together? Like what? Yes. Keep going, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting, TJ. Man. Tell, tell, chill, Kane. I'm, I'm, I'm not done yet, Kane. Like, yeah. No, I got you. Uh, so I, I finished this project called uh, Another Rose in the Concrete, and um, was uh, kind of just pushing that around. And then uh, uh my homeboy Paul, uh, Big P out here, he actually uh, got me. We were doing some songs together. We were on our way to do a hip hop for Hunger show, and um, he said uh, we got to stop by my boy on one's house. And I was like, oh shit the on one <laughs> and he's like yeah and i was like okay so we uh swung by and uh he was supposed to be on the show too but he had to back out last minute so we chopped it up a little bit i guess he really liked the song on the project so uh we, we linked up uh probably through social media at first and started putting uh eat breathe live together word yeah and then we started doing show i mean we fucked around and did that song the lotion and uh people just <laughs> went nuts for it so we uh did that at a lot of shows and yeah <laughs> yeah dude like that's I, I remember him hitting me up when i was in portland in like 2011 and just like man do you have any songs and i'm like i got this miyagi song you know what i mean and then he, he put it on the on the cd so i was just like fuck thanks man Cause yeah. it, it just uh me and my buddy jackson were really proud of that weed song too it was just like uh at, the, at that time yeah. tyrant had his itty bitty beat club and we we got the we won the contest that month to win that beat for free so oh yeah like, yeah and that guy that got to put it on something so it meant a lot to us you know hell yeah yeah man tyrant's a beast i never met him yeah his beats i've heard quite a bit of his beats yeah dude he's more on that country rap type stuff lately yeah which i can't be mad because those guys pay you know top dollar for that production and but it's just like, man, I, I, I'd like to pull him in a different direction when I get time to sit down, you know? Yeah. Because otherwise, if if I just get something that he made, that's how it sounds. Is yeah. And you know, kind of, and, and you know, and it's like that's fine. It, like, but it, it just, I'm, I'm more on my rock and roll. Yeah. Stuff lately, so that's that's the tip I've been on. And then on one too, I just wanted to share one more story about on one is uh, like I I met him at a Yuck Mouth show. And it was cool. Like, that was the first time I mean. But the first time I recorded with him, we were in Craziness's basement out there in Brown's Edition. Um, and we were recording K the Katie Kane mixtape volume one. And so uh, anybody who, who was in, the, you know, the little crew is like, come through and do a song. And when On One came through, he had all of his lyrics on plain white pieces of paper typed up and printed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Like each verse, you know? And I was just like, the rest of us had our little notebooks with pen and i was just like dude like he was that serious about you know yeah uh, he's punk, punk, punk. <laughs> yeah he was dude like breath control and everything like uh like it, it just was it was impressive to me how technical he was even back then when i 
when I first got in the studio with him. So if he's listening, man, like shout out to on one dude. You're talented, bro. Yeah. So Hell yeah. He better be looking. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I hope so too, man. Like I always try to tune in for his stuff too. Like that beat battle that he did. Like Oh yeah. I was like, fuck, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, and I was thinking it was you at first. I was talking I was like, man, too. It was like and then you were chiming in like, ah, that's not me, man. I'm like, oh, shit, my bad. And I was confused. I didn't so, want to be all like presumptuous. Like, I'm the only TJ out there. So I was like, yeah. he think that's me? Yeah. Is he talking to me? I was like, nah. Yeah. Yeah. It was all good, man. So I, I, after you linked with Anwan, like, what's what What was the, like, did, did you just meet more production and stuff after that? Like, when, like, I'm, I'm trying to continue on with the story. I know I keep interrupting and going to the side here, but, uh. Yeah. I want you to tell tell your story too, man. Yeah, well, somewhere along those lines, uh, Urban Plugs was um, real big out here with uh, Genghis Black and um, I think her name was Chelsea before Shanna took over. Um, but they were playing the uh, the local hip-hop all the time and doing bumper dump stations, stuff like that. And Genghis was trying to put together like a, like he had like a, a meeting outside of like the hop one night and it was uh, trying to light a fire under all of our asses to start working together and figure our shit out and start uh, building a name for ourselves out here together. And yeah, uh, that's how I met a lot of people um, shows at the hop. And then uh, uh, Neil, um, uh, he was a huge part of like everybody's story. I feel like out here at some point, but uh, he was linking people up, getting us on those knitting factory shows. And uh, somehow I ended up meeting Moses beats. I don't even remember how I met him, but uh, man, me and him just started putting in some work, and that's when that I- was the guy in the beat battle. Yeah, that was the guy in the beat battle. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, he had some bangers, man. And he, sorry, sorry. Oh no, you're good. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> he was working with a group called uh, Articles of Rhyme at the time, and um, okay. so uh, um, I was just kind of going over, hanging out with them, chopping it up, and then getting some studio time in, and then uh, the group started uh, to disperse a little bit and then uh i just started putting together my drink and dry water album and we we're just yeah banging out some stuff and got it going that way and then it was right after drink and dry water i released it shortly after that i just uh, kind of ducked out for a while what year was that uh 2014 okay yeah and then uh yeah just kind of went on a different path trying to get my shit together figure my life out and uh once i figured that it was uh back on track then i started getting back to work word so uh what do you mean by like like that you did you have to sit some time then or you just left music for a while no all my uh all my jail stints were done after that time (laughs) okay good yeah i I, cool oh well he had minor shit i um i was just you know i was uh i'll be pretty open here i was getting into cocaine a little too much okay Uh, i still drink but i was i had a real bad issue with alcohol at the time and uh, just, I wasn't, I was going nowhere fast. So I needed to figure out what my life was doing. Cause I was bumming off every family member I could or friend I could to keep this music thing going for too long. And uh, it wasn't paying the bills. So I wasn't paying any bills and I needed to figure some shit out. So I ended up getting a job that really helped direct my purpose a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, working yeah. with the youth downtown and um, helping them out. And I met my wife, got that kind of shit going and started a family and, yeah, so then found some balance, <laughs> quit drinking yeah. years, and that really cleared my head and my my heart a little bit more to realize what I needed in life and what I didn't need and how to handle different situations differently. So, 
No doubt, man. I agree. You can hear the growth in the music. Not that I've listened to much of your earlier stuff, but uh, the CD that I've listened to the past couple of weeks is grown man shit, dude. It's not no young buck fucking wilding out, fucking dumb shit. It's 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 mature, dude. You know what I mean? So yeah, I know. I always joke that uh, I don't make music for parties. I make it for the lonely drive home or drinking by yourself at night <laughs> it's dude that's that's what the fuck i've been doing tj <laughs> damn man hell yeah that's what's up yeah yeah and and uh yeah dude it's 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 a good cd and uh i also feel when you say that music doesn't pay the bills like my last album i put out in 2013 like my son was born september of 2012 my my band broke up december of 2012 my my bass player Chris, shout out to Chris for sending me this Apogee one too. It's like I let him borrow it a long time ago, and he he sent it back to me this weekend. So I got a preamp to record it, but he stayed with me, and I, I put out the album in May of 2013. But it's like I had no resources, dude. You know what I mean? Like I, I had no promo, no marketing. It's like I put it out, and I was like, okay, now I got a kid, and I need to figure out ways to make money and. Yeah. I was already doing my, my cannabis uh, cultivation thing a little bit, but then I just, I, I discovered a lot more as far as what I was capable of and what was cost effective. So I, I went hard with that for like six or seven years, dude. And it's cool. Like I, I'm, I'm happy for the effort and energy that I put into it because I can still use those skills to get jobs today, but it was just like competing against million dollar budgets, dude, in that game. It's like to, to get a rec license, you had to have a quarter million at least, dude. And I'm, I'm like talking to all these millionaires trying to solicit a budget of 160,000. And I met with 10 different people who had that loot and wouldn't give it to me. Yeah. So it would just, uh, after a while, it's like my, my relationship went bad. So I, I split to Phoenix in 2018 and, I'm back up here now and I, I got a good healthy relationship now up here and uh, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get too heavy into the money making aspect of it but I do really miss the therapy the therapeutic part of gardening and saving the money of not going to the store and, and growing what I want yeah. you know what I mean and, and having it fresh and yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm in a position to do so now so I'm, I'm just thankful for for where I'm at too and uh a lot of my music too people want some party shit from me or some selling dope type shit and i'm like man i can talk about it a little bit in a roundabout way but it's not gonna be a theme song for doing that shit anymore man if you want that you can go and listen to those old songs you know like yeah i feel that yeah and and it's it's good to to be in a position where responsibilities are taken care of and you can still spend money on your art you know what i mean yeah that, that's what part of the grown man part for me feels like now. It's like, okay, I, all my responsibilities are taken care of and I can actually fund my own projects. Might take a little bit longer, but at least I own it. And uh, it's all me. I do got to do a shout out for my boy. Um, I left him out of the story last time I talked about it too, but uh, my boy Beezy, he helped me a lot when I came back to town. He actually hooked okay. me up with a computer and a microphone because he... He just swore he believed in me and what I was doing. So uh, my boy B's is out in the Boston area. I know he's going to watch eventually, man. B, appreciate you. <laughs> but uh, No doubt. That's dope. Is he producer too or what? No, man. He's just uh, good people. He he raps. Um, not not uh, full-time or anything, but um, he's just uh, 
really a big supporter. That's for sure. I think he's more in like the management aspect or trying to promote for people, but yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I, I honestly, TJ, like I, I love doing my art and I want to remain an artist also, but I'm just, as time goes by, I'm starting to understand that, uh, that role. I like, I can wear that hat and help other people out and not have to spend too much time or energy and just, it, it just, uh, like even production, bro. Like when I went to that band practice yesterday, I was recording on my phone, just trying to capture something that was tied off of what they were jamming with. And it's like, I was like, man, can I bring my computer next time? And they were like, yes. And I was like, well, and, and they were just like, dude, we've been needing somebody to do shit like that for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just, and, I, and I'm sitting there and I want riffs from both of my cousins, my cousin Rolo, my cousin Tutlo. I was linking up with both of them. So I'm like, I want riffs from him and I want riffs from him. And like, from a like technological point of view, like those guys can play their musicians like a motherfucker, but they don't have the recording experience that I have to capture themselves and send it to me like I want it. Yeah. And I just realized that last night I was just like, fuck, I'm sorry, guys. You know what I mean? I have all these fucking requests of like, man, send me this, do this, do this. And it's just like, fuck, like, I got to at least show you guys how to do it on what I'm using and, and, and have some trade you know what i mean i'll trade you guys I'll, I'll record this shit and mix it and give me some riffs after that man you know what i mean so it, it just uh it was cool to understand that fuck it's not always about me and my art there's other people that have some cool shit they're working with and it's ready to go you just gotta fucking polish it up a little bit and i would always try and feed people like that to tyrant you know what i mean because that's my producer homie and, and it's like He's doing his own thing, man. You know what I mean? And I, I, I can't be mad at him. I, I should do my own thing, too, and try to work with what I got, yeah. you know? And and it, it just, my cousin gave me a guitar and a and a amp to practice on, dude. So I'm just, like, super hyped. Like, I have everything I need, basically, for, for my art for the next year, at least. And I'm, I'm super hype about it, dude. So, but the, like, the, the your homie that's trying to be in management and whatnot, like, I... I think that uh, I would like to assume that role a little bit in some capacity for certain yeah. certain homies too. You know what I mean? Because they don't like understand how it's cheap. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, as long as you can get it mixed and mastered for pretty cheap, you can record it yourself. You can run it through Lander. Yeah. But like, but pay somebody good for some graphics. So so when people see your square, yeah, they want to touch it and listen to it, and and that's pretty much it. You don't have to spend for a thousand cds anymore yeah you, you know different because that shit was expensive that was like 1500 bucks yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's crazy i just i wasn't even gonna do hard copies on this one and i was like i had some people so i was like all right well i'll do a short run and uh hopefully get rid of them and but yeah it's different i remember because especially going back to on one he was a cd guy so like we would yeah cruise around damn right man park up downtown and hustle cds and love those times but i feel like if we did that now everybody like what the hell is this <laughs> yeah like yeah when i was in hollywood for that film festival there was mad guys on the sidewalk out there slanging cds hand to hand i was like holy shit it was like a time warp yeah that'd be cool i, I was like it, it was it was like looking into the mirror at myself 10 years ago you know what i mean it was like whoa yeah like it's still happening out here like it uh it was cool man like uh 
a couple of guys got me for five bucks, man. Like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't knock the hustle, you know? Yeah. It was like a reggae guy. And then it was like an R and B guy. So I'm like, whatever, bro. I'll jam it on the way home. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 I'm really so, getting... Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, man. You're really getting into what? I was really getting into the, the contribution aspect of uh, the music. Cause like I, uh, I'm planning to, I have two more albums I'm planning to drop this year. And um, yep. after that, I really want to start focusing on uh, either writing like a, a play or like a, a movie screenplay or whatever they're called. Or a, Yes, TJ. Yeah, man. So like that's the direction I'm going into. And I really want to be a part of people's growth and help them with the, the putting their projects together. One of my favorite things is, um, as you'll see, I, I put together a lot of features quite a bit, but. I feel like I have a good ear for what somebody will sound good on and who will collab well together. And that's what I want to be a part of a little bit too. More connection and um, expanding my, cause I don't want to just keep recording albums. I want to record something special. Um, yeah. Like a, like a story, like a real ongoing story. So shoot a movie and yeah. record a soundtrack, man. Yeah. Something like you know that. I mean, and then you know enough people too to bring back, even if it's not a soundtrack, the compilation dude, like, yeah. As a kid, as a kid, there were just so many dope Bay Area compilations where it's like you you look at the names on the front and it's like, yeah. fuck it, I'm buying. <laughs> like, just just by the numbers, I know there's gonna be some bangers on here. Yeah, exactly. Even, yeah. So like, yeah, and and that's, dude. People are recording material all the time, and I I I do feel like we need tastemakers like that, TJ. Like, you, you know, like uh, radio DJs are not it's the same 10 songs all fucking day so it's like you're not even on a it's very rare for somebody to crack through even on a mix show you know what i mean it's like most of the mix show is even chosen from the fucking the the playlist at the station you know yeah yeah i quit listening to the radio years ago because i couldn't stand that couldn't stand yeah that. dude yeah and it i understand that for the artists that are on there it it feels like an achievement and I can't hate on that, but it's just as a consumer and listener, it's like, fuck, dude, play anything else, dude, like something, anything, like not the same song again. Yeah. And it, yeah, man, like that's, uh, it, that's why I like doing my podcast too. Like we, we try to keep it weed, but dude, there's just a lot of independent artists, filmmakers, all, all kinds of stuff that, uh, aren't getting any burn or coverage in mainstream media. You know what I mean? And so I try to keep it journalistic also. It's like, yeah, we're smoking and drinking, but we're trying to get stories from the people that we're interviewing, you know? So it, it uh, it's dope to have artists want to do that and, and have so many uh, be able to take the time. And I understand that it, it is, it's important, man. It's like a press run. It's like, whatever station in your city is not going to ask you to come up there and talk about the album, but we will, man, you know, like we'll ask you all fucking day about it. Yeah. Plug yeah. that shit all day. Um, so is, is that, is that pretty current on the story more or less? Did you have, did you have more to go after that before you get to ambivalence? Because that was going to be my next question is, is about the, the current album that you're promoting right now. Yeah, no, that that's uh, all caught up. Once I got back, I knocked this shit out in about uh, four months, um, and uh, yeah, got it released ready for this month. So, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, dude. So, yeah, there's uh, like my favorite song is the Joker. 
Like that's uh that's the one I was telling you. It sounds like it was sampled from uh Chunky Fire from Outcast. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it, but that, dude, that, that Decoles or whatever, he's on that song too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that track means a lot to me. Um, and that's kind of where I want to start taking things after these next two albums is uh, more of dialogue about shows or movies that, because I'm a huge movie guy. And um, like putting that song together, it was like uh, interpreting the movie to me and like speaking as a part of like, now I'm a part of it too. And I want to do more things like that, so yeah i i uh the joker laugh out there too do that like (laughs) we had an intro from uh we had an intro for it first when we first released it as a single and uh um i had a licensing issue and they made me take it down so i had to remove the intro. and we snuck was it from the is from the new movie yeah yeah damn yeah so it, it had more of an epic intro before but it works at least we got to keep the laugh yeah dude i uh was like a clown on the economy made me realize my life is a comedy and then what are the bars after that can you say the bars after that do you know uh, i realize my life is a comedy uh everybody's Something about a mask yeah yeah go ahead my bad i was just trying to think everybody's laughing take off the mask now it's time to take action yeah dude you, did you write that before all this shit happened tj yeah, yeah, yeah. This was way before. Oh, hell yeah. When I was listening to that, I'm just like, yeah, man. <laughs> it, it feels like it's right now, man. You know what I mean? So, no, there's very, very... barbs, that's for sure. On uh, Better Days with C Ray, I fucking hit him up because he's got a fucking shit in there saying, like, um, they're trying to release the virus. And I was like, you wrote this shit in November, bro. And he's like, the universe writes my rhymes. <laughs> yeah, dude. I like that song too, man. So we can all see better days. Like he, the the, uh, the song I, I did with On One on his newest album has C-Ray on the hook. And I'm like, fuck, he's tight, dude. Like, yeah. yeah, he's a talent, man. He's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Does he have something new coming out, man? Can, can I bug him to come on the show sometime? Uh, I would imagine he's always got something. Um, he was going to hit tour with Twisted Insane um, and Dickles and Z, and then this happened. So uh, I'm sure that got rescheduled. And he just released an album called Roads, which is dope as fuck. When, when did he put that out? Um, I want to say a, a month or two, two or three months ago. Fuck, that's soon enough, man. I'm going to hit him up, bro. I'm yeah. Bug him. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of his work, too. And that's that's the other thing, too, is there's features on here, bro yeah there's not a shit ton of features yeah you know what i mean and it's 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 almost like all eyes on me bro it's like perfectly you know sprinkled with with the homies and shit like yeah yeah i definitely had to i I think because it's 40 tracks it doesn't look like it's too many but it's like 16 or 17 songs that all have features on them yeah and then like the uh the stand-up uh the stand-up comedian guy too like that shit reminds me of tool bro like on on the anima album i think it came out in 96 97 they have uh bill hicks on there okay they have a couple of intros from him he's a stand-up comedian he passed away like the next year after that i think so yeah that was a touch i felt like um uh dees casillas that's who did those um he uh I, i needed something to lighten the mood as my the disc was going on i was listening to it i was like there's a lot of dark vibes on this album and uh as the tracks were coming up they're getting even more dark i was like i need something to lighten the vibe right before i hit you with this 
um, depression again. So. <laughs> Yeah, dude. So, like, what did you have like themes for each disc too? Because it it seemed like uh the first disc was kind of more positive than the second one a little bit. Um, it kind of just worked out that way. I when I I I spend a uh, way too many hours um, playing on my track list, trying to figure out how they should blend well together, and um, that's just what made sense to me was kind of leaning into the story, and then it started getting real dark, and then I needed to end it more of a um more a little more uplifting just because i wanted to take it into the next step so yeah dude and then that's another song gotta look at it man i uh number nine on disc two she puck she fucked me up part four yeah yeah dude like i i was just like oh man like it, it, you know like it, it uh it's a good song man and it's uh it's about pain and 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 bad shit that happened and uh I just dig the honesty in the emotion. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's not corny or cliche. It's like fuck yeah. So I'm like, man, I got to listen to the first three parts of that song now. <laughs> like, I got, yeah, I got. Yeah, I got. Yeah, it's always the hope because I. Uh, that's what I mean. I love the stories and I love how they they can continue and onto a series. And I I did. Uh, she fucked me up part one. And it never got released at first. And then uh, I, I released uh, She Fucked Me Up Part 2, I think, on Another Rose in the Concrete, um, that first mixtape I put out out here. And then uh, I did a, um, I released Part 1 on a Unwatered Seeds, which was a follow-up mixtape that had, like, all my unreleased stuff that didn't make the first two cuts. And then I put Part 3 on Drinking Dry Water, and Part 5 will be on one of the next albums, so... No doubt, dude. So, uh, that's the, my one critique, dude. And, and you can call me an asshole is I don't have credits for production or, or like, did you record everything at your house for this album? Like, no, I've... like that's the other, that's the other thing too, is like, fuck, I like, cause, cause if you can hear a little bit of difference sometimes and I'm like, man, if, if he recorded it at that studio and I really like it, then. Yeah. If I have the opportunity to fucking book a couple hours there, and I'm just like, nah, man, TJ did that song. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, I I dropped the ball on that. So, like I said, I wasn't gonna do physicals, and when I did, I was determined to do the whole layout myself, and I was kind of rushed. I'm, I'm a, my mind's all fucked up. So, like at two or three in the morning is when I'll be like, oh, I gotta get this done now. I gotta do it now. No time. And so, I started playing with the layout. And I uh, was like, oh, it fits, it works. And I submitted it for uh, distribution. I was like, okay. And then I realized, oh man, I could have used so much more space on the inside of this wallet. <laughs> so much yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. Completely dropped it. But uh, shout, shout out Moses Beats. Um, he did a 99% of the recording and mixing. Um, and then On One did a couple. Um, On One did a couple of the beats. Um, but Moses, Moses took care of the majority of the project. No doubt. Shout out to Moses Beats, man. I, cause, cause I am impressed, man. I'm like, uh, it, 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 um, it, it, cause I don't have a fucking good system in my car, bro. Some stock shit on an 08 Accord, you know? So, but it, it, it uh, bumps like it should in my car, according to, cause I have you and I have Pussifer in my CD changer. So I don't have to turn shit up or down when it changes in between discs. You know what I mean? And that's, that's usually the main quality criteria as far as recording for me on any underground or Northwest artist is like, dude, 
at least yeah. get it to where you know it's mastered to it, it sounds like everything else you know what i mean like you don't because most of the time it's too low and you have to turn it up fucking what you know at least a 10 to hear anything and it's like dude yeah it, i had that issue on a couple um that weren't recorded at mo's house uh, but he was able to fix them up for me yeah that's tyrant would always bitch at me for shit like that too like should just record this here and i'm like fuck i didn't have time dude like you know fuck. did the best i could sorry save it please yeah. save it <laughs> so uh as far as this album you you say you have two more that like dude i i saw you post like a week ago that you just you you snuck an ep by two like uh yeah what, what's that one called man i i wanted to give that some some airplay too on here because i was like what the fuck yeah yeah that was another uh um three in the morning decision <laughs> i had a Dope. i had a quite a bit of songs from when i was in wisconsin working with that label and i was like you know what uh fuck them <laughs> these are my songs yeah. yes and they haven't been on anything so i they're all from 2007 with the exception of the last track which is kind of a fun little goofy song we did at moses beat spot a few years back called uh handy on the dance floor <laughs> um, no doubt it sounds like swifty <laughs> yeah. and all the rest of them are just yeah 2007 there's a whole different vibe in my voice my tone my what i'm talking about but i was like i want them out there you know so I, it's called trashing the truth a little eight track ep no doubt trashing the truth okay that's tight ladies and gentlemen if, you, if you're hearing this right now go check that out it's on itunes right now and then everywhere else later uh, it's it's on Spotify now. It's uh it should be everywhere by now. It so can be. I ask can I ask you a technical question about your dish, Joe? Oh uh, yeah, you could try. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's like if you, if you put it out on iTunes first, does that mean you submit it to iTunes on your own, like ahead of time, and they okay it? No. So I do mine through CD Baby. Um, so do I, bro. So do I. I try to tell everyone to do that. Um, and on one's the one who put me onto them. I uh. I used to do something else where I had to pay a yearly fee, and then, that's the same thing. TuneCore, man, I'm like they charge you every year. Yeah, and then when I found this out, I was like, oh man, this is perfect. So, yeah, I just submit to them, and then whichever distributor can get it out first does it. So, word, yeah, man, same thing. I, I, uh, there's a uh, like I'm I'm Nez Perce, right? I I grew up on my res out in Idaho. That's where my bros Jesse and and Mitch are broadcasting from. We we got a, a powwow group in our our family and our, our bros, uh, they're called Lightning Creek, so they do powwow music. Mm. And and I put out their album in 2013 also. It was the same year that I put out uh, Petrelli. And so it's like it exhausted all my resources just trying to get both of those out with graphics and yeah. distro and everything. So the I made the mistake of putting it out through TuneCore. Mm. And it's like, on on the contract with those guys it's like they get all the physical sales i just get online distro is all i wanted so back then streaming just wasn't what it is now you know yeah. what i mean so i i it, it only made like 150 bucks in the first year so the second year i had to kick down either 50 more bucks or yank yeah. it and i was like i yanked it and i i want to it's been a couple years so it's like it should be cleared out of their system but i want to submit it through cd baby again yeah like uh like tyrant remixed it too like and, and that's exactly what i was talking about like five minutes ago like when when he tyrant mixed that the first time dude when i listen to it on spotify it's you have to turn it all the way up and it's still not loud enough you know and, and it's like fuck man so 
he he, he remixed everything like a year ago. So I, that's if Lightning Creek is listening, I'm gonna put it back out, fellas. Put it through CD Baby, and and, and, and any and any independent independent artist too listening. You heard it from TJ, and you heard it from me. CD Baby, you know, one one time fee. The the analytics are dope. It gets it everywhere that you want to be, and you can share links from wherever you want. You know, yeah, super user friendly. Yeah, and that's I like the analytics, bro. It lets me know which cities are really listening to my shit too. You know? Yeah, that game changer for me. I was like, my top cities. I of course thought my top city would be my hometown, but it's not even close. <laughs> yeah same not even close bro uh, and it helps when you do like a sponsored ad somewhere else because then you know where to um, where to promote to what areas to go for but yeah uh i same like i really was trying to focus on trying to book some dates for touring this year also because i have material ready to put out and it's that's how i'm trying to target places too is like the, the, the top 10 on analytics as far as plays I don't care how small the bar is. It's like I can try and target those people through advertising and, yeah. you know, and hopefully they'll, they'll come out and watch me do my show, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, what what do you do? Can you go over an hour, TJ, a little bit? Is that okay, man? We got like 12 minutes left. Yeah. Uh, okay, so no so one one of my this is a cookie cutter question I try to ask to most of the entrepreneurs, cannabis people, whoever who come on the show is uh it's a two sided question. So first side of the coin is um what do you feel has been the your best move on the path to where you're at right now? What's 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 been your best move, your smartest move? Uh stepping away for a little while and observing and um figuring out who I actually was, was not based on just um, whatever I had thought I was on track for. You know, once you move off of a path you've been on for so long and you can actually see that life goes on without you there and then you figure out what your real purpose is, I think that's what really changed my life in every direction. Word. No doubt. That's that's deep, TJ. That's deep, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man, for real. I, I can dig it. Like, I... I want to talk to you in person too. Like, you know, like there's some shit I just don't want to talk on the podcast, but yeah, yeah dude, I, I, I dig the, the fatherhood shit you got on your, your music too, man. So thank you. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the other side of that coin and that question is what do you feel has been your biggest mistake? Like what was your biggest fuck up? You know what I mean? Cause everybody, likes to talk about the wins man you know and that's fun it's like yeah it makes for a good interview but there's a whole bunch of l's dude and if you want to only share one then cool if you want to share a couple because i feel like it's relevant to kids listening too if they are it's uh it's yeah. like man i i didn't do this when i should have done that before i did this and then it would have fucking been okay you know yeah definitely i definitely i've had my fair share of mistakes that's for sure i know one of my biggest uh, mistakes I made was feeling like I made it before I really did and um, kind of allowing that ego to take over to feel like I was somehow uh, not expendable <laughs> and yeah. uh, you know when I once you let the ego take over and your pride take over um, it was just a roller coaster of a mess for me and uh, also a big one for me was trusting everybody too fast it was uh, yeah it was just thinking that everybody had as good of intentions as I did. And um, yep. that's how I got hurt a lot. That's how I lost a lot of money. Um, 
that's what uh, hindered my progress because then I felt betrayed. So I just didn't trust anybody, even the good ones. So that's a big one too. Take your time and be patient. Figure out people's motives. Yeah, no doubt, man. I agree. And and that's same, dude. Like I, I, I fucking like sticking to myself because it's like I, this is what I want to do. And it's like when when I talk to homies, even I'm like, yeah, we can hang out, but dude, can we work on some? You yeah. know what I mean? I, I was like, you're such a fucking sociopath, John. You know, and I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm sorry. I just I like hanging out and and talking. Like like that's why I want to do the fight podcast because that's like the same yeah. thing at the same time. You know what I mean? And oh, yeah. but it, it just. I would, I would like, I want to work on some shit. Like, man, yeah. even if, if a homie paints or draws, it's like, dude, let's fucking sit here and brainstorm storyboard around. Like, anything. like I, I don't want to stare at a screen next to somebody who can, who's creative. Like I am. It's like, dude, like, like, like we're here in the same place. Let's make something, you know? Yeah. yeah no, I feel that. Yeah. And so any of the homies listening who are offended by my fucking modest operandi, I apologize, but it's like, fuck, that's, I want to create some content, man. Even if it's not for online, like, shit, let's fucking, let's make some fucking soil and plant some flowers, man. Like, well, I don't care. Like, I have one guy that I went to college with at Wazoo up here. His name is uh, Sean Brigman, and he makes canoes. Okay. Like, he makes sturgeon, sturgeon nose canoes and cedar canoes, and he's my friend online. I'm like, bro, if you need a goon or you need an extra body, like, hit me up. Like, <laughs> I want to come try that shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can swing an axe or a fucking, like, fucking chip out some fucking cedar or whatever. I don't care, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's making your moves worth it and making the best of your time and being productive. So, wh- yeah. So can I, can I ask, uh, about your process now? Like, um, do you, do you record at the crib? Like how do you, do you ever cook live with Moses? Like, um, what what do you prefer, but but also what is most feasible and efficient, dude? Because I remember talking to you about that on Wednesday. You know, like uh, studio time is expensive, so if you can, you know, capture those vocals on your own. But also, it's fun to be in the same place at the same time. You know. Yeah, my preferred my preferred vibe is always being locked in a studio with somebody with the beat playing and just bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, now that I don't have the studio at my house like I used to, I try to get all my writing done, um, which is never really a big issue for me. So I'll just write, write, write. And I like to come to the studio ready to go and bang out, you know, two songs in an hour and, you know, keep them moving. But uh, I hate stopping, you know. I So if I didn't have, like, a lot of the producers I used to work with when I was real constant in the game was you know, zero restrictions. And I'd be in there for eight to 12 hours sometimes to the point where they're falling asleep. They're like, we got to pick this up tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And I was pissed. Cause I was like, no, we got to do it now. We yeah. gotta- Drink a Mountain Dew fucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn right. TJ. Yeah. But yeah, so I've, I've definitely had to learn some patience and um, it's not easy. Cause I, like I'm sitting on two almost completed written projects right now and it's driving me crazy that they're not recorded and released already. I just don't like sitting on material. Same dude. Like, and, uh, I gotta be honest. Like that's, that's one thing I respect also dude is you have this much material to put out a double disc. I I went to Phoenix with the idea of, trying to heal myself from the bullshit I just went through and trying to make music and 
and put it out and like write a whole album, right? And in the time I was there, it's like I got 10 songs done and I was trying to scramble to get everything together for an album and I can't get my session player on the same page as me because he has his own band that he's working on. So I can't knock his hustle. You know, he's doing what makes him happy. And yeah, it's like I have to, uh, I'm dependent on other people. So I have to also be patient, TJ, and just sit and wait. And, and it just, uh, the more I pay attention, we got uh, Josh Zito on the show on June 7th. So if you can tune in for that, he's a rapper from Portland, also an actor, but I've, I've been seeing him just drop singles like three or four per year the past few years and it's just like people are listening to him he's shooting yeah. videos for him and it's like it requires less effort and resources you know what i mean and i'm I'm just coming to grips with telling myself that dude you're just gonna put out some singles this year john yeah. and you're not gonna put out oh i like deal with it fucker you know and yeah. i have conversations with myself you know i don't know if you're the same way you can call me crazy but it is it's like fuck and it's 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 the less strenuous resource expensive way to do it john so you, you know you just shoot a video for it and because that in itself too shooting a video is kind of tough bro it's like you gotta yeah. get more than one person to show up and dress a certain way and this guy hold the camera this other here hold this you know like yeah yeah this videos are tough and that's where it's at you know um yeah I'm, I'm sitting in my garage right now but it's like this is my uh my safe space this is where i shot my first video it was in my garage so it was like uh trying to find the right filmographer what are they called videographer and uh like somebody that's not going to make it look corny and get yeah the story outright and then if you need other people you gotta find people that can be on your schedule and shit it's tough yeah uh, that's one thing I wanted to tell you too, TJ, is if you need somebody to play a white guy or an Albanian guy or an Asian guy or, you know, like I, I'm, I'm ethnic, ethnically ambiguous as far as the camera goes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like I'll, I'll do whatever, bro. I'll, I'll dress up and get the accent and all that shit, bro. So. <laughs> all right. Anytime. And I'll, show, I'll do it for free, bro, because I, I really, the acting shit to me is fucking fun, bro. Like I love the music shit, but. The short film I did with Ryan Craig, dude, yeah. I was high off it for two weeks. I was high, bro. Like literally, like fuck, all right. Yes, that's. And I then it's like that's back dope. to the world. Yeah. yeah. So I, well, so I always look to music as acting. Um, like even though I'm telling my true story or uh, the artist, whoever I have featured on, is telling their version of their story. It's like if I write a song about my child almost dying, and then I yeah. have record it. That shit's deep, bro. But if I have to record it, you know, years later, I have to get into an acting mind state of getting back into that character of remembering what those words are supposed to portray. And uh, that's I've always been drawn to acting because it's like, yeah, if I write all these heartbreaking songs, I have to record them as a heartbreaking perspective. I can't just spit them out like I'm partying or trying to get a job done. It's like I have to get into character and get back into what that feeling was. No doubt, dude. For real. And and that's uh yeah, I don't, don't want to ask too much about those songs on the show because I'm gonna be, be all teary eyed and shit. But when when I when I when I hang out and drink a beer with you, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> ask about that shit and, and the, the stuff about your pop and everything too, cause yeah, it just uh it's real emotion, dude, and that's that's why I listen to music. Yeah, you know? Like it it, it makes me feel a certain way when I listen to it and um a lot of the therapeutic aspect is he hearing other artists express similar things that you go through that, you know, 
Like they're expressing that they feel the same way as you as far as the vocalization of these emotions. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I dig that shit a lot. And and uh also like man, did uh Northwest, dude, like it's um it's good to stand behind something that's good. Cause like online I'll click like and share on anything that's an independent artist that slides down my feed just because I know how tough it is to get any kind of Yeah. And, and, you know, be seen or heard, you know, and, and especially because sometimes you see those sponsored posts, right? And it's it's some weird techno fucker or some, something I don't really listen to, you know, but it's like he, he paid the dollars for Facebook to, to run his ad and, and he reached me as another musician. So I'm going to click like and share. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's what we need more of. It's it's tough because um it's uh so many that's where i left the game was in 2014 it was such a competition rather than support system yes it was just uh like and then uh the the big fucking thing i don't sorry i don't know if we were supposed to cuss on um cuss all you want tj cuss all you want if if yeah if pbs fucking syndicates us we'll edit that shit we'll beep it out um but uh big thing before that we were dealing with was uh the constant promotion to other artists rather than the fans. And it was like, uh, stop trying to yes. stick to other artists and get to the fans. And, and everybody was always trying to get other rappers to share their shit. And it's like, don't, don't worry about that right now. Worry about the people who are going to pay for it. The people who actually want to come purchase a ticket to your show. Um, and that's, that's the hard thing too. Now that it's a social media and now this social distance thing, it's like, how am I supposed yeah. to meet new people? I just got yeah. back at the end of last year and uh, I'm just like, okay, I need y'all to share something because there's no other way to get my music out now. No doubt, TJ. Like that's that's the main thing I, I like with the, uh, I'm trying to do the podcast for too because for, for the cannabis industry, there's no coverage, bro. You get like a quote from some asshole who fucking has no experience on the ground in the news article, you know what I mean? And that's what bothered me at first. I wanted to cover people in their companies, but it's the same thing with the music, dude. It's like we're, we're shooting for a cannabis demographic, but we're also going to shoot for entertainment now. And it, it is like, dude, I, I hope that there's people who haven't heard your music before who hear this podcast and go and check it out afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, uh, and, and I hope that there's people who, have heard your music but haven't heard my podcast and 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 see me share something or you share something and they come and check us out and be like hey man this is cool they have other interviews with other guys and yeah it's absolutely. you know like that's that's the whole point of like doing a feature or an interview it's like man we gotta share and promote and i, I dig this part because i get to like yeah i got i got my character and i talk a certain way when i'm on the mic but it's not me who's the focus of the show unless we somebody we can't get a fucking interview that week but yeah it's 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 mainly i'm, I'm trying to get stories from other people and it, it feels good to, to 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 try and get that from other folks because fuck trying to generate that all the time as an artist is tough and being a journalist is a lot yeah. of fun dude like i, I enjoy this shit a lot like ask it because i have some similar experiences but totally not the same you yeah know what i mean every every everybody is their own human on earth and it's it's cool to hear them talk about it dude like yeah and these are these are dope man i i remember i i'm kind of kicking myself in the ass for it because years and years ago uh on one wanted to start a podcast together 
And I was, I was like, what the fuck is a podcast? And he's explaining to me, I was like, that sounds like it's for nerds. Like, what the fuck? No, like, I don't want to do that. And look at it now. I'm like, (laughs) this, like, podcast. Now I listen to him constantly. I'm like, these are dope. And he's like, I told you. (laughs) I'm like, shit. Yeah, it is, dude. Cause it's, uh, yeah, yeah, just comparing it to mainstream, like if you read a, a an article on the newspaper, right, or the newspaper website, mm-hmm. you you get whatever that writer chose to write yeah. as far as the narrative for the story, and then you only get two or three quotes from the person who actually told the story, you know? Yeah. And it's like, this eliminates all that bullshit. Like, I can't misquote anything that you said, TJ. I can be like, yo, he <laughs> said, fuck this guy because he didn't, it's like, no he didn't say that you know what i mean it's like he said like it, it's uh it's dope and i'm not trying to dj vlad you or anything tj but <laughs> just just principally speaking you know what i mean it's like it allows for a whole lot of truth in storytelling and i i dig that a lot yeah and i love that it's great it's like and this is the third different kind of done now i did one that was a uh, um, video and audio um in person and then I did one that was strictly audio in person. And now this one, that's uh, audio um, and video, but not in person. I love it. It's, it's cool to see the differences and how they can be done and the different groups they reach. I love it. I really appreciate yeah, it. No doubt, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Like, uh, And I got to give a shout out to Mitchell, too, because he explained to me the logistics. Because we're I was in Phoenix. Those guys are on my res in Idaho. And then our guest could be from... Oregon or the East Coast, Connecticut or Massachusetts, or and it would just it was difficult to coordinate schedules. And it, it, dude, since I've been out here, it's just been a lot easier to coordinate and line everybody up. And it's like, dude, all you got to do is you can download this app on your phone or your computer, and it's free, or you can just call. Yeah, and it's it's been pretty easy to present that to people that. Cause I don't want to nag folks or make it fucking, I don't want you to click 50 times to figure out how to fucking, is it working? You know, like it, it just, I, I feel like it's been going okay. And I, I really thank you for taking the time and, and just dude, g- giving us honest answers and um, for real help, help, helping us create our content, dude. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm all about truth. <laughs> it's all about yeah, truth. yeah, true justice, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry for keep saying TJ, man, but like, it, it's true justice, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. True justice. Google true justice. Search that on Spotify. Um, that that's the artist that I'm interviewing. Um, and we're we're getting the human side of that. So, thanks thanks for listening to Concerned Dad's podcast. I I guess uh, we we should probably try and wrap in a little bit. I think Mitch and Jess got to head home in a few. So, uh, is there any I know we talked about uh, co-promotion, but I, I asked this cookie cutter question at the end. Are, are there any sort of ideas or concepts that you're trying to promote for the future? True justice. Uh, gosh, nothing solid right now. I'm really getting back into everything. So uh, I'm really just trying to branch back into things and um, uh, know that my no figure out my place back into it. Cause I know a lot of the, the guys that have been doing this for years, I can't just run up and be like, I'm back, move aside. Um, so I'm trying to integrate my way back in and uh, figure out what I, where I want to go. And like I said, I'm going to do these next two albums and then uh, I want to work on a book and a movie and like a play. I really do. So um, me and On One will hopefully uh, have this podcast up and run with uh, Big P here soon. We're not releasing the name of it yet, but uh, hopefully that'll be up and running soon and uh, just getting things going.
no doubt, dude. Um, also, um, so the the podcast you you're not gonna promote that yet, but the next album name, do you have that title yet that you can you can give a preview of? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the one of them is called Veritas Equitas, um, you know, Latin for True Justice, and then uh, the other one is called A Moment of Truth, which my son actually named. Um, so uh, the, I'm to release both of those in fall on the same day in October, hopefully. Okay, cool. And then can you also drop your social media? Uh, yeah, Facebook is uh, George Flopez, um, just like Lopez, but with the F in front of the Flopez, 509. Um, Twitter is uh, Han Cholo, 509. And uh, Instagram is uh, George Flopez. Yes. All right, dude. And, and is there anything else you want to add, True Justice, before before we do my outro dance? Uh, no, I don't think so, man. I really just appreciate you having me on and uh, uh, wish you all the best, man. Yeah, man. Same, dude. Same. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, I'm going to do my outro dance. This was the 57th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I was your host, KDMK, and our guest tonight was TJ Regalado, a.k.a. Han Cello, a.k.a. George Flopez, better known as True Justice, with his new album, Ambivalence, available now on all streaming platforms. I got to give a shout-out to my guys in production, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse Curry. This has been a main node and Joseph Street Enterprise production.